for a loop because but I could trust you, man, but I guess I can't trust you, huh? I thought I could trust you, but don't I'm disgusted. I thought you were innocent until I read the fifth verse in the sixth chapter of Genesis. To get my proper description Imagine a cave and there your mind, emotion, and desire After you save, it's where you find devotion to Messiah what? Conflicted desires collided, inside it's divided But God can unite it, provided you desire to fight it You acting all surprised, you got a wretched mean mind Come on. Like you ain't read Jeremiah 17.9 We both know what Adam did to us in the garden, B You still supposed to love the Lord your God with all of me I'm called the heart, but see, I'm not a bodily artery Part of me, but honestly, you are improperly guarding me Cause whether it's the TV or CD or DVD Easily, I speedily, greedily eat what you feeding me If you ain't building me up, you knocking me down Which makes your deeds come from a heart of darkness Like apocalypse now The best advice I could give you is learn about mortification The Lord is so patient Who bring you to glorification You ought to respect the grace What's up, family? I'm digging that joint I'm digging that joint Hey, hey, hey Yes, sir <laughs> Yeah, we back, we back, we back. Real love, real talk, uncut. Man, I was digging that joint, man. Let me know you're ready, man. We back. It's all about having fun, man. Hey, check it, though. Uh, you got uh, Miss Watson Slade, and uh, she yeah. wrote the book, The Thing About Love. Uh, why don't you introduce her, my man? Oh, I would love to. This is Lariva Slade, ladies and gentlemen. Lariva Watson Slade. She is an author. She is an entrepreneur, and I was just coasting through the Internet on Facebook. I know that dates me a little bit. I know some of our younger <laughs> listeners are not necessarily on Facebook anymore, and they have Twitter, Snapchat, and all that, Instagram. I'm not on any of that. I found this sister on Facebook. Thank you very much. And what struck me about her is that not only did she have the, the creative gifts of writing, but I was also inspired by how enterprising she is in the way in which she was creating opportunities for other people. And we're all about that, right, Russ? Awesome. I mean, yeah. we're all about yes, sir. And yes, creating sir. opportunities for others and sort of lighting that pathway. And I think Miss Slade embodies that for sure. She is a Christian author, a writer, a blogger, a singer. Hmm, we may have to have her give us a little sample tonight, maybe, I don't know. And uh, <laughs> well as being an speaker, uh, she is in the church of God. Um, she embodies 
her biblical upbringings with her creative talents, and she is sharing them with the world, and tonight she's sharing them with us. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to Real Love, Real Talk Uncut, Miss Lariva Watson-Slade. Awesome. Slade, awesome. I am here. So hey. happy to be here. Thank you for having me on. <laughs> awesome. Oh, How you doing? Welcome. Yeah. Awesome. That's a good brother, T. Russ, right there. How you doing, ma'am? How you doing? Hi, T. Russ. It's so nice to speak with you. Uh, awesome. Awesome. I uh, have been reading some of your things. And so uh, tell us uh, a little bit about yourself and, uh, you know, what all this means, the, uh, the thing about love. The thing about love. Okay. So my name is Lou Reba Slade, as you know, born and raised in Los Angeles, California. I'm a PK. Uh, my dad was the pastor of Pleasant View Missionary Baptist Church on 76th and Compton in Los Angeles. So I grew up in the church, and um, a lot of what I learned in the church has had a big impact on just who I am as a person, but also on my writing. Writing is something that I've been doing since I was a little itty-bitty. Like, we started out, a friend and I writing plays at church and performing in them. And, um, you know, I majored in English when I was in college. And um, so just writing is something I'm extremely passionate about. It's something that I absolutely love doing, and I love using my love for Jesus in the things that I write, which are meant to really encourage people of all ages, races, backgrounds, you name it. Awesome. Awesome. And you asked about the thing about love. So the thing about love is my first collection of short stories. Um, And I started writing the stories back in 2013 after my mother and father both passed away. Um, And through the stories, I really just talk about different types of love relationships. So love between a mother and father, I'm sorry, not a mother and father, a mother and daughter, a father and son, a husband and wife, a boyfriend and girlfriend, between God and his children. It just deals with all different types of love all the way around the board. Oh, that's awesome. And I read a couple of your synopsis. And uh, mm-hmm. do you have one in front of you? I do. Could you read one and give me the breakdown of what you see? when you read that. Okay. Let me see. Let me just open it up really quickly. Okay, so one of my favorite stories in the book is called My Love Story. And so the synopsis, it says, Omni is a Christian young woman who was raised to believe that sex should be reserved for marriage. However, as soon as she made it out of her parents' home and onto a college campus, she lost sight of the conviction she held growing up. During the summer before her freshman year in college, she loses her virginity to a young man who thought genuinely cared about her. After realizing that she had just been a notch on his belt, she decides to take control of her sexuality and never allow herself to be hurt again. After a series of bad choices, Omni discovers that she's contracted an STD, one that could hinder her ability to have children and one that she'll have for the rest of her life. This discovery slows her way down. She rededicates herself to God and decides to be celibate. Ten years pass and she's committed to Jesus. One day she's introduced to a cousin of her best friend. They immediately click and she's faced with having to tell him her truth. So she is trying to figure out, you know, is he still going to be interested in pursuing a relationship with her once he knows about her promiscuous past? Or will he be able to overlook the fact that she has a lifelong package and still um, pursue a relationship with her? Okay. okay. So that's um, my love story. So let me ask you a quick that's question. That's the name of the story. That's the name of the story. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to play the devil's advocate, and I want you okay. to tell, okay, tell me what love has to do with that. Um, this story is really about um, when you love a person, a lot of times there are certain things about them and about their past and, you know, just whatever that seem to be of the utmost importance. But when you really care about someone, sometimes you're willing to overlook those things because being with them matters more than anything else. So in this particular story, um, the man, the main guy character, 
you know, he really cares about Omni. And so he's willing to overlook the fact that she had a crazy <laughs> past and that, you know, mm. she made some choices that she wasn't the most proud of. And, you know, like he's willing to overlook all of that because more than anything in the world, he just wants to be with her. Now, let me throw a twist in there. Can I throw a little twist? Because I read all of them. And uh, I was okay. like, wow. Let's say um, she doesn't tell him. And let's say <laughs> she, oh, yeah, she doesn't tell him because of the, con- the, the condemnation, not the conviction. And mm-hmm. she is intimate with him. And let's say she didn't, she had an STD, but she had herpes, which is, uh, mm-hmm. you can't get rid of that. And it is transmitted to him. Tell me how, well, let's, let's put you in that situation. I know you're married, but tell your husband, I apologize, but this is uncut. <clears throat> and how would you handle that if you was that woman and you were talking okay, about well, love? Okay, well, let me, let me just kind of interrupt you a little bit to okay. say that this particular story is one that is actually my story. So oh, okay. So go ahead. I, I go ahead. Had a, a, a promiscuous background. Like during my college years, I okay. was just Woo. out there. Okay, you're getting hot. Come on. I did contract HPV, which is, you know, one of those that's small enough to go through condoms and it could prevent you from having kids and all of that stuff. Okay. So whenever I would meet different partners, for me, I felt like I had to do better than the person, whoever it was that infected me and let people know like, hey, just so you know, if you're interested in talking to me and you're interested in going there with me, this is something that could happen to you, you know? That's it. So for me, being honest about stuff like that is extremely important. Woo! Absolutely. That's heavy. Absolutely. So yeah, it's very heavy. The, the love part for your husband, was that your husband that you, you, where the love, how did he pull that love, not the pride, but the love, not the insecurity, but the love, and say, that doesn't matter? Can you speak to that? You know, that is a great question because <laughs> I, I really don't know I don't know. He just cared about me a whole lot. I guess he must have done his research to see, you know, I'm not always contagious. Um, It's not always possible for somebody to contract that particular STD. I'm not 100% sure. Um, And he doesn't have it, you know, so it's never been an issue for him. But it was just something that I had to inform him about and, you know, whoever else about ahead of time. Well, I got to get some water a little bit. Uh, DJ Mm Rome. How did you recapture your spirit and your glory coming up through something like that? How did you find it within you to give love to yourself for some of the choices that you made? And how do you think, well, you just say you don't know how you did it, but how did you validate yourself? How, what did you do to forgive yourself so that you could move on? For me, it really took me sitting down to kind of think and just reflect about why I made some of the choices that I made and to understand, like, I just wanted acceptance and I just wanted love. I was really curious, you know, so I just, I don't know, like, I don't know. And then just kind of coming to a place where I could understand that even though I had made those choices, it didn't make me any less valuable of a person. It didn't make me any less lovable. It didn't make God love me any less. Like, he really forgave me, you know? And if he's willing to forgive me and he's God, I had to be able to forgive myself. And then I started to look at it as a blessing because it slowed me down a whole lot because I was out there, like I said. But then it also made me able to understand other people who go through similar stories. And you'd be surprised by me being open and honest about what I've been through. A lot of people feel comfortable being open and honest about some of the things that they've been through. You know, so I'm able to talk to young women or older women, you name it, and, you know, really encourage them to 
forgive themselves and, you know, to know that just because they made certain choices that had certain consequences that they aren't the happiest about, it doesn't mean that their story is over. It doesn't mean that there is not love for them in their future. It doesn't mean that, you know, God can't make a way out of no way. Like when I found out about myself, I was, um, how old was I? Maybe 20 at the time. Um, but since then, I've had a couple children, you know, so I was very afraid of what it all meant. But really, like, my life has been very full ever since. And again, like, I've been able to touch so many lives of others because of it. So it seemed like a horrible thing, but it actually, God turned it around into something very cool. That's I awesome. That's awesome. Website and through the blog. Uh, can you talk about that a little bit? C-A-L-I. What is that all about? Okay, so Cali Girl, maybe five years ago. No, it's been more than five years now, but a few friends and I, we all grew up at my dad's church together. And um, mm-hmm. we were kind of talking just about some of the things that we see young women going through. Um, and we kind of thought, like, when we look at magazines on newsstands, a lot of the stories are about, you know, how to be sexier, you know, how to wear your makeup this way or that way, or, you know, just, just things that are, you know, not necessarily the most horrible things ever, but just not the things that Christian young women should be focusing on. And so we thought it would be nice to come together and put together a publication that they could look to for encouragement and inspiration about everything from fashion and hygiene and etiquette and, you know, friendship, you name it. Um, So we just started doing articles and interviews about topics that are of interest and importance for Christian young women and started publishing that. And it's been um, a big help for a lot of young women. Yeah, I don't know if you had a chance to listen to the show that we have on the Real Love, Real Talk Uncut page. Uh, It's called Celibacy, and I had the pleasure, the distinct pleasure and honor of talking to T. Russ's baby girl, Nessa, and her whole... Mm -hmm. I heard that. It was awesome. Oh, wasn't it, though? Wasn't it, though? Mm -hmm. I'm so proud of her. Too. Me, too. I know Russ is over there blushing. Don't make that man blush like that. That's (laughs) proud Make that brother start blushing. (laughs) But it's amazing how... When the chastity of, of, of our youth and the innocence of our youth is so deeply ingrained in us from our parents and they want the best for us and they pray that we don't stray too far from that path. And when we do, it's usually a time when we embark upon adulthood and we're now consenting adults, we're now independent thinkers, and now we're out to mm-hmm. test the world. And so how does your experience really, really inspire what you put in that tour teaching young girls about celibacy. That's question one. And how does your message, you think, in what way does your message resonate with young men? Mm. Good question. Well, I would have to say, like, one thing that my life has taught me, again, raised in church, and I always said, oh, I'm going to wait until I'm married to have sex. But I got to college, and I was like, oh, my God, freedom, you know, and it just everything that I thought I was going to do and all the stuff I thought I wouldn't do is I just did and didn't do the opposite of everything I thought or didn't think I was going to do. But one thing that, like, making the choices that I made taught me that I'm a strong believer of now is that there's a reason that God has an order to things. Um, And the order is not there because he wants us to be miserable or unhappy or bored or any of that stuff. It's because he loves us so much that he wants to protect us, you know. So that's a message that, that I'm very passionate about when I speak to young women. You know, like, there's a reason for order. And if you do things in God's order, you'll see that it's so much more rewarding than doing things out of order and the confusion and the frustration and all that comes along with that. You know, you'll be blessed if you do things in order. Um, and I believe that that message also resonates with young men. Now, I will say I focus more on talking to young women 
but um, you know the message is the same for them as well. Okay. Yeah. Do you believe uh, rejection is God's protection? Rejection is God's protection. Okay, that's deep for me. So, so can you break that down a little <laughs> bit more? I want to make sure I answer correctly. <laughs> yeah, I just put it out there because I have put myself out there in terms of when you strive for anything that you want to achieve and you don't get it. You might want that job. You mm. want you may mm. want a woman. You might want that man. Mm-hmm. And for reasons unbeknownst to you, you can't figure out why you can't get this person to act right when it seems like all the planets have lined up, you've prayed about it, you have come and shown up, and you actually did the work, you're prepared, you're the best candidate for the position, and I'm talking metaphorically, whether it's a job or a relationship, you can't figure Mm -hmm. out why the situation just won't act right. And so at what point are you able to, this is rhetorical, but you asked me to clarify, but I'm, I'm speaking just rhetorically, at what point are we able to say it wasn't not only not meant to be, but this is our protection? You know, God, when we're rejected sometimes, that's God's way of protecting us from something that we could possibly have been harmed more by. What do you think about that? Right. You know, I absolutely agree with you. Thank you for the breakdown. I absolutely agree. One of my favorite scriptures is Romans 8:28. All things work together mm-hmm. for good to them that love God, to them that are the called according to his purpose. And that's something that I've seen evidenced in my life on a regular basis. There have been lots of things I'm like, oh, God, please, if I could just, even my book, like I really wanted it to be published through a major publishing company, you know, but that just wasn't what was in the plan for this book, you know, right. and God saying no to that, it didn't mean that it was going to stop me from making sure that this book was published and put out there for people because I believe that it's something that can really help others. You know, so all the mm-hmm. stuff that he said no to was truly for my protection, um, and truly he had a better plan for me, you know, and I'm able to see that so clearly. Now, I hope that made sense, but yeah, you're absolutely right. It made complete, absolute sense. That was beautifully expressed. t Ruff. Yes, sir. I was sitting up here thinking, I want to go back to the love, the agape. And a lot of people believe they have agape. And a lot of people feel that when they serve God and they in the church, I'm not talking to you, about referencing you, just people. And mm-hmm. things test them. I want to give you a little example. I remember being in the mall, being 26 years old, being angry. And I remember a kid walked up to him, might have been 17, and he gives me this flyer that said, God is love. I opened it up, and I said, oh, do you believe that God is the father of Abraham, Jacob, Isaac, all of them? I remember saying that to him, looked him dead in his eyes. He said, yeah. I said, do you believe in that sacrifice? And he says, yeah. Do you believe that God is never going to harm you, allow things to harm you, unless it's your time? He said, yeah. I said, why? He said, because God loves me. And I remember taking my 9 millimeter out and putting it up to his chin in the middle of the mall. Oh, my goodness. Mm. Okay. And I remember cocking it back. And I remember his, I don't know if it was a dad, a dad, a pastor, was in the, his way back, and he, he was looking at this. And what touched me is that he didn't come, he didn't run, he put his hand on the Bible and began to pray. Mm-hmm. And I said, do you believe that if I pull this trigger that God will save you? And he looked at me, he started crying. Of course he started crying. I'm an OG. Mm-hmm. And he said, God right. going to save me. And I said, okay. I put my I put it back and I walked off. Now, years later, the scripture that touched me and I want to read it, 1 Corinthians 13. I think about that story all the time because that's real real talk and it says love is patient, kind, humble, polite, serving others, self-control, forgiving, good, and truth loving. Love is not envious, it's not boastful. 
nor desiring recognition, nor proud, rude, self-seeking, nor wanting to be served, quick-tempered, unforgiving, entertained by evil, nor does it love to seek out a lie. This is the agape love. And so with that being said, Miss Watson, what would you tell a young man that got molested by his aunt and then became a predator of women? Now, that story is mine because that's what happened to me. And so that's why I have always sought love, always sought love, always sought the truth of what love truly is because titles don't give you love. A title of pastor or evangelist or prophet or, you know, preacher does not symbolize love to me. Uh, someone that is in the church doesn't symbolize love to me. I guess what symbolized that I've always been seeking is the truth that it penetrates. It's a healer. What would you, Miss mm-hmm. Watson? What would you say to 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 a young man that walked up and told you that story, and and you referencing your book? What would you say to that? Okay, so to a young man that told me the story about him holding a gun to another young man's head, or about both of them. He told you both aunt. stories, and he asked you. Okay. What do I do? That's well, a very good question. I'm trying to hit you a little bit. I'm trying to hit you a little bit. <laughs> yeah, you are. Question. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I mean, one uh, thing. I'm a little answer. Go ahead. Yeah, I would definitely first start by telling that young man that I'm so sorry that you know mm. he went through that mm-hmm. because I can't even imagine what that's like, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would tell him that God is a loving God, and although that horrible situation happened to him, it wasn't. It wasn't God that did it to him. God allowed it to happen, and it de- doesn't make him love him any less. You know, and, and it happened because there are, you know, there's sin in this world, and God allows that to happen. But I don't know, like I don't know, that would break my heart. Would you? Would you? Would you? Would you? Would you cry with me? You know what? I, I surely would because I'm a very sensitive person. Like even to hear you say that, and then to say that that's actually something you experience. Mm. You know, it, yeah. it it breaks my. I can't even imagine how you must have felt. You know, right. to see right. what you're doing now. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm so thankful that you allowed yourself to delve deeper into your relationship with God, and that you allowed Him to heal you. Okay. Um, and I'm thankful that you allowed Him to turn that situation around for you because your life. I mean, I know you said for a while it went down, you know, a path where you were kind of promiscuous yourself as mm-hmm. far as it went with the ladies. But yeah. you've allowed him to really turn your life around. And, you know, like, it seems as if you took that situation and made something very beautiful out of it. But, again, you know, I, I don't know. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's deep. You're doing very well, Miss Slade. You're Absolutely. doing very well. Absolutely. Uh, he, he, he threw a twister at you. You know me, man. Even I didn't. You know no, me. No, you really did. I, you know. I, well, you know, I, I, I needed that person that time. I needed a person like you at that time. Oh, for sure. And you know why? Psychologically, a woman, that's why I've always backed off of women because I was like, oh, they like that. They like this. They wretched like that. But for a woman of truth that had a virtuous spirit to come and say, let me pray. Let me cry. Let me do that. Oh, so there's another side of women? You feel me? DJ yeah. Rome. Yeah. And you know, I'm sorry to interrupt, but it seems to me like men, um, there are a lot of men who have been through similar situations as that. Mm-hmm. And is it harder for you guys to talk about stuff like that? Well, that's a very <laughs> interesting question. Let me, let me, that. Okay. Yeah, what makes you ask that, Miss Slate? That's a very interesting question. 
I mean, I, I'm just interested. Like, from time to time, I'll hear a story. Like, I know there have been tons of women who have experienced sexual abuse and, you know, just had some hard, difficult situations in their childhood. But I don't right. hear about it very often with men. Yeah. But from time to time, there's one who's brave enough to open up about it. And so it seems like it's a lot more prevalent than what we actually hear about. Yeah. You know, and yeah. I'm just wondering, like, who do you all have to talk to, really? Great you question. Know? Well, Great question. well, you know, um, I'm six foot tall, 220. And so I've been lightweight for a while. When you bring that up in your physique, some some people just kind of look at you and be like, really? You need to let, you need to mm-hmm. let that go. <laughs> you need to let that go. And, and I'm, I'm going to keep it real. Uh, I had someone in the family, and we were talking about it um, this year. And I got offended. I did. I got offended. And the, and the statement was, don't you think you were compliant with it? Oh, man. And I think my heart just dropped. It really dropped. Absolutely. And uh, I'm not going to say no names, but it dropped. And I had to revisit right. that with that person. And I wasn't the kindest person. And that's mm-hmm. why when I look at love, and it says love is uh, it's, it's not quick-tempered. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's not entertained by evil. It, it, it doesn't mm-hmm. seek boastful or, you know, and I had to check myself and said, God, thank you for allowing that statement to allow mm-hmm. me to know that there's still a hole in my heart. Mm-hmm. Because if it wasn't a hole, it would be filled. And when you're it's filled, to exciting there is no emotion. There's like, KC- I mean, you're listening to exciting content there was something, on KCWG, there was a spot there. The mm-hmm. And so you go, to the, you go to the Lord and you go to your, I'm a very open person. I really don't have nothing to hide. I really don't care. Right. Uh, but I had to get to that point. It, I didn't grow up like that. It, it was a it was a process for me of hard knocks and and, and actually going through the psychology program, going through the ministry program, uh, dealing with men that were homosexual that didn't want to be homosexual and said, "Oh my God, I wanted to kill himself," and men that were heterosexual and that wanted to kill himself. So when you are a general among men, you begin to say, "Wait a minute, I need to put my hurt down." And look at the, the hurt of others, and so God was well, has been able to heal me. That, that's amazing. That's uh-huh. amazing. You know, Lariva, we from the '70s. I was born in the late '60s, and so I grew up on '70s music. And there was this wonderful supergroup that's still out there today called Earth, Wind, and Fire. And so mm-hmm. they had a song uh, that's the way of the world, and they had a really, really deep, compelling lyric in that song. It went something to the effect of a child is born with a heart of gold, and at some point that heart turns cold. And I think that speaks to a lot of what young men go through when they do face trauma and they do face one of those catastrophic moments and events in their lives. They, they turn inward, and it's very challenging to get them to turn outward again, to be able to trust the world, trust themselves, number one, in a way in which they can open themselves up for healing. And mm-hmm. it's extremely pervasive, more than we'll ever know, the degree of pain that young men go through because I tell young ladies all the time that come into my office when I'm teaching them to express themselves, when I'm teaching them to assert their power, when I'm helping them to embrace their uh, their beauty in a society or in a, on a campus where the young brothers aren't seeing them as queens like I see them, it's tough. And despite that, I still remind them that you're actually far better at this than I'll ever be because women just by nature as being just natural nurturers you know what is one of the gifts that god has given y'all you guys are natural mm-hmm. nurturers and so even when you're wounded you still are able to somehow see the humanity in others in ways in which guys can't because there's 
been very few people on their pathway sometimes to show them how to do that and mm. to open themselves up again and to trust again. Because, Russ, what you shared, that required such bravery. And mm -hmm. I'm a pivot. I'm about to do ping pong. I salute both of you tonight because the, the stories that you guys, you two are sharing tonight is exemplary of such a level of courage, of character, and it is the Beyonce Lemonade story of this evening. Because <laughs> you both, I'm sorry, that was a terrible metaphor, wasn't it? No, no. <laughs> Y'all have truly braced your pain, and you have turned it into something. And Miss Slade, the things that you are doing to sort of take your power back from that which has threatened to, to, to rob Absolutely. you permanently. Absolutely. And to still go forth and produce life and give life and provide opportunities and love and sheltering and guidance and enterprise for others and not being shy about shining your light. And we talked last week with a guest last week about how sisters sometimes have to dim their light so that they don't make the dude uncomfortable. And the sister said mm -hmm. last week, Miss Clark, she said, hey, don't do that. You know, if that's something that he got to go through, let him you go know, through. Don't, don't, that's right. Because that's your light. Because by doing that, mm -hmm. you give people silently the permission to do the same. You're silently giving them the courage to stand up. And I'm saying this to you, too, good brother Russ, because mm -hmm. I'm proud of you, man. I mean, no you touched me tonight. Yeah. I'm not even going to front. Yeah. So what I'm saying to you both, okay, so there's a question in here somewhere. We're supposed to be talking to you about your, your book and your <laughs> career. <laughs> <laughs> got heavy tonight, but um, wow. So it, I, I want to keep coming back to that theme, but there's a lot of female writers write from their pain. When I think about writers like Intasaki Shange or Sonia Sanchez or Maya Angelou, um, Lariva, where do you where do you get your inspiration from? I know it's biblical, but you are extending from a lineage and a line of black female writers where you have some enormous shoes to fill. Where do you get your inspiration from, from some of the more renowned African-American writers of our time? Where does that come from? So as far as a specific person who really inspired me with my writing, there's a woman by the name of Vanessa Miller, um, and mm -hmm. she's a Christian author as well. And I didn't realize that there was actually Christian fiction out there until I started reading her work. And the way that she wrote it was really just down to earth, the same as mine, and um, just really good, solid stuff in there, real-life situations, no profanity, which I'm like, oh, my gosh, how do you do that? Because at the time, everything I was reading was like, you know, just more worldly, you know. Um, right. But just reading that it was possible to make a story that is very powerful and strong and real inspired me to do the same with my writing. So Vanessa Miller was first, and then there's also Shonda Tate Billingsley, Victoria Christopher Murray from Brown Girls Books, who published um, The Dating Game, which is another sh uh, collection of short stories that one of my stories is featured in. Those women are, um, Kimberly Lawson, Roby, they're all amazing with what they're able to do as far as Christian fiction goes. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And so what's your underlying message tonight? What, what's your overall theme about the thing called love, the thing about love? Um, what's your message, and what is it that you wish the world would understand about your story, your life? Um, what do you want us to know tonight? You've blessed us already, so I don't know how you can possibly improve on what you've already said, but do try. What's your overall okay. message tonight? So when I was thinking about being on the show, um, the scripture Mark – 12, 
30 through 31 came to mind, um, where Jesus is like, you know, it's most important that you love God, but then also that you love your neighbor as yourself. And so for me, I just feel like that's something that's so important. Like we have to love God first above all else. But then it's so important yeah. that we love others as ourselves. You're listening you know? to exciting so premium me, content on KC. You're listening to exciting premium content on KCWGTruth.com. He absolutely loves them no matter what they've been through, no matter, you know, what their background is. None of that stuff matters to him more than his love for them. You know, and I hope that when they the book, they're encouraged to want to get to know him more. Because like I was telling somebody, if people had half the relationship with God that I have, or if they understood his love half as much as I do, it could really like change their whole lives, you know? Um, And so that's my hope for this book, that it will expose people to the idea of opening themselves up to God's love and to loving him and to loving other people. Because again, love is what's going to change the world. And he has the power to do that. Absolutely. That's a beautiful message. And so how do we get in touch with you? I looked on your schedule. You, you're a busy, busy, busy young lady here. You got things already happening and scheduled and on the calendar. How can people reach out to you, get this wonderful book, and to keep in touch with what you got going on? So I would say follow me on Facebook at Lureva Watson Slade. My name is spelled L-O-U-R-E-V like Victor A. Watson Slade. And there I post everything that I have coming up. You can also visit my website, which is lurivaslade.com. Um, it's not as up-to-date as Facebook, so I'm going to say that would be the best way to stay up-to-date with what I have coming up. And, um, yeah, and my Instagram account is lureva1. Lureva1. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, and then if anyone is interested in ordering a copy of the book, they can get a signed copy from my website, which, again, is lurivaslade.com. Um, and it's also go. available on Amazon if you're looking for the yeah. digital version. Right. Sure. Well, I appreciate yeah, it. I, go ahead. Yeah, the Kindle and uh, ebook. Yeah. Yeah. I, right. I think that's where I can. On Amazon. Well, I know Russ is going to toss it. I just want to thank you, Miss Slade. I want to thank you, too. No, I just want to thank her, too. And I appreciate you being on um, before we go on the no, break. thank you, fellas. I oh, really yeah, yeah. We enjoyed you. Yeah. And I uh, always, always throw a twister on with folks, you know, and and see what they got. But uh, I want to mm-hmm. I want to leave the listeners with this statement. It's kind of a synopsis also of and uh, a thing that happened to me. I want to say to the listeners as you listen to this broadcast, never look at your own greatness. Look at the greatness of others, and it will reflect back. And I'm gonna tell you why. I remember going to San Diego State, and I was a first year student uh, in school psychology. And I was all over the place, didn't know if I could make it. And I began to speak, and this lady stood up, and she said, I, need you. I want your opinion. I begin to speak. And I begin to talk and break stuff down. I was nervous, and I was shaking. And uh, I never, at that time, never recognized the greatness of others. And so this lady walked up to me, and she said, you are going to be an awesome speaker and a great man. And I kind of blew it off, like, okay, okay. She said, I want you to give Here's my card. I want you to call me. And I took the card, and I lost the card. I washed the card. You know how you wash your pants. And uh, years later, I saw that lady on TV, and I began to cry, and that lady was Maya Angelou. I want to tell people out there, recognize the greatness of others, and it will come back at you. We're going to take a break. Thank you for having you. And uh, we'll be back, family. We'll be back. We'll be back. 
Thank you, Miss Slade. Thank you. Oh, thank you. I know so many on that road, and plenty on them crows, and so many that's all about that dog. But I be on that washup, I be on that washup. Yeah. Now this worship got me geeked up And I participate often with my homies God, you see us Worship till we get up in the coffin Hands raised like I'm reaching for my Gucci loafers At the top of my closet Glory pouring like a faucet Thought about his goodness and almost lost it You died for me The ultimate sacrifice like it wasn't nothing to it So when I praise and worship I don't do it alone I try to make everybody do it Everybody do it we worshiping, doing my best right now Should have been dead and gone a long time ago But I feel so blessed right now I know so many on that road And plenty on them crows And so many that's all about that dough But I be on that worship I be on that worship I know so many on that road Family, yeah, family, family, we back. DJ Rome. Hey, uh, I got the pastor in the house. And uh, he wanted to make uh, some remarks, and uh, yeah, I got to got got get past the Starks, man. And um, I hear from the yeah, hear from the master, hear from the master. And uh, how you doing, Pastor? I'm doing well, brothers. I'm doing well. I'm I'm not the master, believe me. All right, I wanted master. to see if you was gonna be humble and be no. of love. First Corinthians thirteen. Hey. All right, all right, you proved yourself, man. That was a test. Hey, uh, your thoughts on the night? Well, you know, I I thought the uh, it's a great show. It's a really great show, and I I believe that uh, it it was a different side of love than what we are normally used to hearing. Um, and I thought the uh, the author uh, was very very um, you know thought provoking, uh, very centered mm-hmm. in what she's done, and have taken uh, her. Um, journey in life and even though some mistakes were made allow god to turn it into positives i thought that was really really smooth absolutely yeah absolutely um she 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 gave some intimate details yeah i gave some intimate details right what what do you say pastor to the hurting people out there that maybe haven't uh they don't know how to talk they don't know how to mm. express themselves and go tell somebody man i'm hurting i I need love. What is this love? What would you say to that based on scripture? Wow. You know, the Bible tells us that uh, um, in the book of James, it says, casting all your cares upon me, for I care for you, you know. Um, And that word casting is like fishing. It's like throwing it out there. And we're not made to take on the problems and the stresses that we have. 
And once we begin to cast those things away, we can begin to see that we can reach our destiny and we can dream again and our lives can be turned around. Um, but once again, I think that uh, you said it earlier in the program, you, you don't know how to love anybody until you learn how to love God. Absolutely. Yeah, because a lot of people have, you know, um, um, false visions and false thoughts on what love is. And you're right. Love mm -hmm. is not sexual, you know. Yeah. Uh, love, love is love is uh, learning uh, uh, who God is. And I had an opportunity to speak at a church uh, the Sunday before Valentine's Day. And that morning, as I was putting together, you took love and L O V E and uh, love. The L stands for lordship. Mm, okay. When you understand lordship, right. You know, then you can understand love, okay? And o was for obedience. Okay. You know, V was for virtue. Okay. And E was for expectation. Oh, okay. You I know like what I'm it. saying? I like so it. lordship, when we understand lordship, and we don't get a chance to do that because we live here in America and we don't understand, you know, um, that type of uh, relationship. But um, you said it so, and man, I just wanted to jump through the window when you said that, man. Uh, I'd have had to put the window back tomorrow. But you, a man does not love, know how to love a woman until he learns how to love God. That is huge. Yes, it is. That is huge. When you learn how to love God, because I don't have anything in my kitchen to say, thou should not be Cassandra. Right. Because I love God. Right. You know what I'm saying? Cassandra is not my enemy. No matter what we're doing, right. she is not my enemy. For those of you who know Cassandra, she's my wife. Okay, so but what I'm saying is that we are a team, and my job mm -hmm. is to to edify, to strengthen, to help her through this journey, you know, um, and for me to lead by example what I hear from God, mm. and so and so that's lordship, you know, um, when I understand my role as a man, and she stand, mm -hmm. understands her role as a woman. You know, uh, right. we can make it through. And you are, you are, you're right on it, man. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Because my role as a man is, is different from her role as a woman. Absolutely. And we talk two different languages. Absolutely. And so we have to understand what the conversation is all about. Right. Sometimes she's frustrated. She don't need me to fix her. She just need me to hug her. Hey, I'm, you, God bless you, I, I, I needed to hear that myself. Yeah, yeah. Don't <laughs> yeah, fix me. Deep. Too many times we're trying to fix one another, and you, you can't fix it. You know what I'm saying? And the best way I, I help her is to work on me, that I will be Bird. a better person. Preach. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I like that. You know what I'm saying? I, like I got to be better. If she going to be better, I got to be better. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And so, and so when, she, when she begins to uh, excel higher than me, that means because I have slowed down. I lacked. You know what I'm saying? I'm yeah. on vacation. Right. Because the question was that it says this in, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the Old Testament. He said, there was a time when kings should have been at war. But David was walking the housetops. That's right. It says that <laughs> he, he understood his presence with God. Absolutely. He did. Yeah. But that particular season in his life, right. because he failed. Right. See, David was a great uh, fighter. Great, David was a Warrior. great man after God's own heart, but David was a horrible father. Right. He was. Because he allowed things to go on in his family that shouldn't. He didn't even correct his son when he raped his sister. Absolutely. And Absalom had to step in and do that. And that's what made his family bitter. Now, <clears throat> we're going to talk. This is Black History Month. Yes. So next week, if uh, you guys are tuning in, 
we're going to talk about the stand of the man. Mm. The stand of a man and how to raise his children. How do, how do you raise children and how do you raise yourself? And a lot of, pe- a lot of men, when, when we're talking about love and prosperity, they don't know how to love themselves. Right. They don't know how to grab on God and get a word. But then they chastise, they chastise their children. But the children, when they look back, they don't see a father. They just see a guy. Mm-hmm. They just see a male. They don't learn anything. It's right. a void. Right. We're going to talk about that next week. We're going to have you on the show. We can chop it up. But men, men need that communion. Men lead that, Absolutely. that fellowship. And so we can learn from one each other. And that's what, if, you got a, if, you, if you're a young woman out there and you got, you got a man and that man is not talking about God, he don't have a fellowship of God and right. a community around him, you got the wrong man, or he needs to be influenced by other men that are powerful and understand the word. But we're not right. all perfect. We're going to fall. Right. But we can talk about how we get back up. Absolutely. You feel me? DJ Rome. Heavy, heavy stuff. I'm going to make sure I show up for that one. <laughs> I think I can. It's I next I week, it man. <laughs> yeah, I think I can. My calendar. Okay. Catch next. That what? just might be something that I might be interested in uh, joining in on, my brother. Absolutely. Well, you know, we got about 30 seconds, and I want to. Let you all listeners know that you listen to KCWGTheTruth.com. You listen to Real Love, Real Talk, where we we say what we mean, and we mean what we say. And uh, Cormus with the, with the word, and we break it down, brother to brother, sister to sister, yeah. like we had on today. I want to thank you, my brother, for being on. You are definitely a dear friend. Thank you, Pastor Starks. You the man. And, uh, man, we love all you guys out there. You the family. And uh, we'll see you next week. Hit them up with the page. Absolutely. Hit them up with the page. Real Talk Uncut on Facebook. This show will be up very, very soon. In case you missed it, you don't want to make, you don't want to miss this one. Let your friends know that Real Love, Real Talk Uncut was really uncut tonight. Real Love, Real Talk Uncut on the Facebook page, y'all. One love. One love, baby. You just listened to an exclusive KCWGTheTruth.com program on our subscription premium content channel. Thank you again for your support of KCWGTheTruth.com, the best internet radio on the planet.